mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your Oasis in the Desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the LM Experience. Uh, this is now episode 16. Episode 16, I even thought we'd get this far. Oh, certainly not the people who record us. <laughs> or me, or you for that matter. That's How right. are you, Stu? You alright? I'm very good, yourself? I've been following Twitter recently. I gather you've moved into a shed in your garden. Yeah, what's happened? It's, it's a log cabin, Martin, not a shed. Oh, like, I do beg your pardon. You sound like an estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 you're, you're working from home now. You've managed to sort of relocate your business into uh, near home. Yeah, just kind of lifestyle change, really, yeah. to be honest. Getting sick and tired of missing the kids' summer holidays. Um, first one that I've actually been at available at home all the way through um, as my oldest daughter's now in their teenage years I think it might be a wise thing to do oh you're going to turn it into a man cave honestly see the inside <laughs> of it getting there I've got LPs up there already so. yeah Pirelli calendar excellent alright <laughs> Stu good to see you again now listen our guest today is someone slightly slightly different okay because um, I'm going to take this away from mortgages I think for a bit because we can get a bit heavy in financial services Indeed. so um, I've actually invited a, a friend of mine on well I say you know I, I consider him a friend of mine he, it's not it's not you know, it's not mutual. You won't speak to me most times. But um, I've got my friend here, Mark Pinnick. Now, Mark is he's a mountaineer. He's a marathon runner. He's a black belt in karate, a motivational speaker, and a very successful businessman. Pretty much everything we're not, Stu. Mm-hmm. So what I thought would be quite good is just get Mark to come along and just have a chat about about sort of just different things in, in business. Because um, I went to the, the, the way I met Mark is um, I went to a, a networking event uh, about four or five years ago. Nobody really wants to go to a networking event. Um, but then he told me there's a free lunch and obviously, you know, I was there Barking. knocking on the door. Um, but at the end of it, Mark, Mark did a talk, which I think was one of the best talks I've heard because um, Mark managed to climb the seven highest mountains in the world, one on each continent, at the first time of asking. And Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, you're one of only three people that have managed to do that. At the time, when I finished in 2012, that was the case. There was only three of us that had actually climbed all seven at the first attempt. Fantastic. That is pretty... Now, I, I, you know, I've, I've struggled up Primrose Hill a couple of times. And I, I struggled. Well I, I, I had to well have done. three base camps for that. And yeah. the taxi on the way back. <laughs> taxi, yeah, <laughs> airlifted off by <laughs> London Ambulance. So, Mark, just give us a, a history, because you, you're a successful businessman before um, yep. and that was part of your talk how you built up your business and then you sold it and then and then you just went off onto this this extreme mountaineering um uh, episode yeah. which is which is nothing to do with your background from what i can gather no absolutely not i was born in south end on sea there's not too many too many <laughs> mountains flat. there pretty flat um didn't actually start climbing until i was in my 40s and it, it came right. out of a, a chat in a pub um one day so some friends wanted to climb kilimanjaro um, go on a safari, climb Kilimanjaro, and and uh, fly off into a, a nice hotel yeah. uh, and get drunk for a few days. And I quite like the idea of the third bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, yeah I mean, come in for that. So, one. <laughs> si- signed up, and um, we we summit, three of us summited uh, Kilimanjaro a few few weeks later. And I, I sat on the top and thought, I want to climb Everest. Right. And, uh, so I put in a five year plan to do so. Because yeah, you don't you don't you don't just rock up. I, I guess I mean I would. I'll turn up with a rucksack and think, well, let's have a go at Everest today. But I'm get you've got to you've got to really plan something like that. I mean, but at what point did that change from? Because Kilimanjaro, without being patronising, anyone that's climbed it, it's probably you, you see that in a lot of charity walks, yep, yep. and and it's probably quite a, a nice mountain to climb. 
Um, you probably don't need too too much experience. I'm guessing. No, to um, do that. No, not really. It's a, it's a it's a high walk. I mean, there there are some challenging bits. It's not as easy as as the uh, the Red Nose uh, team yeah. uh, made it look when when they're ten Sherpas per climber. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, being it's, carried up there. If, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna take it on, then then you know, yeah. be prepared. So, yeah, um, yeah it's pretty much. I had to form a climbing CV. So it was get down, talk to people. I'd run with some guys that had been in the forces. So I had a chat with those they put me onto a few more people sat down and um, uh, hooked up with a company in Sheffield Jaggy Globe who are the, the UK's premier uh, expedition um, logistics providers and uh, we put in a plan over a five year period that uh, that I would uh, be ready to climb Everest well, what, what does that what does that plan look like I mean what would you put I'm trying to think I mean I can't plan my day let alone climbing Everest what would you put on a five year plan for Everest I mean you talk about business and business and, and, and climbing and, and and I do talks on on both and 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 the correlation between the two. Now, the th- first thing you do with with any startup or any or any buying or any any advancement in, in business is think of a strategy, a plan, and it's exactly the same on climbing a mountain. And out of that, you need to understand what skills you're going to need to know. So, from a business point of view. How do you read a you know how do you read a, a, a balance sheet you know P and L how do you deal with HR issues uh, climbing how do how do you tie a figure of eight how do I abseil how do I put a pair of crampons on so I don't fall off as soon as I step on a bit of ice <laughs> similar things uh, then you move on to to the people that you want that you're going to climb with you put a team together right. or, or yeah. in this case often the expedition company will put a team together with competent people um, same when you're building a business the people around you have got to be the guys that that you want to carry through on your on your journey. And, and that's how it really started. Mm. It was it was a similar plan to any of any business I'd ever started or bought into. Mm-hmm. And do, do you do you have to book a place on Everest? Because it, there is a little bit of a tourist element from a, from a, a, a mountaineering point of view, isn't there? I think they've got a Starbucks up near, near the top now. I mean, no, they haven't you, got a Starbucks <laughs> up near the top, Martin. They've got a Starbucks in Lukla, which is the <laughs> the last um, the last place that you fly into before you start a two week trek into base camp. Um, but yeah, um, you, you do have to book on it, and, and any reputable company will not let you book on it until they can see that you are a competent person that's going to be uh, safe uh, with the fellow your fellow climbers mm. and, and not a hindrance and safe for yourself and, and know what to do in an emergency because there are often emergencies. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I mean, there, uh, there's, a, there's a film out recently, Everest. Uh, yeah, I think about, it was last uh, year, yeah. Um, uh, a bad storm that came in uh, and it just wiped out a, a whole raft of mm. climbers that were going mm. up and uh, yeah I mean as good a climber as you can be you've, you've got mother nature yep. lur- lur- lurking in, in, in the background is it a technically difficult climb? There are parts to it um, yeah. the, you know the ice fall uh, in particular the first the first five hours six hours out of base camp are, are quite challenging the ice fall moves you go through it five or six times there's ladders to go across there's ropes to climb it flattens out up to the western coombe and after that at about six and a half thousand metres you hit uh, Lotsey face, which is uh, a sheer ice ice climb up to about seven and a half thousand meters, and then from then on it starts to get a little bit tricky over uh, over seven and a half thousand eight thousand meters where the oxygen's very thin. Ten percent of the oxygen that you've got at sea level is up there, so you, you're struggling to breathe. You're fatigued all the time. It is a little bit chilly at times. <laughs> the wind blows, so there's a lot going on that you have to contend with. Do you, do you um, hit a, a physical wall? I think everyone everyone yeah. does at different times. We're all different. We're all, our makeup's different. The way we eat, the way we drink, way, the way we cope with things. For me, I, I think it's more mental than physical. Mm. You know, I'm a firm believer that, that you your mind can tell your body what to do, as opposed to a lot of people's body tells them what to do. That's why people stop um, 
and don't succeed because um, their body says, oh, my, they my shut down, don't Yeah, they? so they shut down. Where for me, it, we all have those same same ailments, my knees hurt, my back hurts, everything hurts. But if, you, if, if your mind's telling Mind you to, to keep yeah. going because you've got an, a goal that you want to achieve, then you'll keep moving. Hmm. How, does it, how do you schedule in, for example, breaks or when you stop when you're doing the climb? Is that something that's just like a movable object once you've got an idea in mind? Yeah, it, it's it's pretty. I mean, while you're climbing, it's it's dependent on the team who you're roped up to, the pace, the weather, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all um, on uh, at the spur of the moment. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. A, there's a plan. I mean, on average, you're out there for twelve weeks, so there's a planned week. I mean, base camp to summits four or five days, so that's all factored in. But then you've then you've got to consider the weather, mm-hmm. the the you know the the health of your teammates, any any other teams that are struggling, if there's any been any real problems on the mountain. Yeah. So there's a lot that's decided there and then you know and what tell me you you, you've done all that you've got to the top what what is that feeling like because you are literally on top of the world and and it's something that a a handful of people do every year and have done since the dawn of time what 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 is the feeling like i mean there is no other feeling i mean i've done a a lot of stuff you know a lot of ultra marathons ran across the desert done you know been very successful in business um climbed a lot of other 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 mountains but everest being the highest in the world at 29,029 feet, 8,848 meters is is something else. I mean, I, I as as we get as I go on holiday and, and we're sitting in an easy jet and, and we watch the altimeter go up and, and yeah, it gets to sort of there, gets to 28,000. I, I turn to my wife and say, I've climbed, I've walked higher, mate, <laughs> um, which which can get a bit frustrating at times. Yeah, so, don't worry, yeah, I think. It's, it's 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 a it's an amazing feeling to be part of that club. Mm. Mm. And what was it? What did you have a good view? I mean, you're a bit disappointed after all. Like you get up there and it's cloudy. Yeah, um, I, you know, I I went up. There was a very, very small team. There was only four of us with four Sherpas. We were right at the end of the season. There was very few people on the mountain. Um, we were the only four on the summit. It was a beautiful, clear morning. On on the night you, you climbed the last bit that through the nights. So we left nine o'clock on the, the night before. We summited at quarter eight the next morning. Beautiful blue blue skies. I've got a 360 video wow. from the top, which is uh, I think it's I think on my website. Talk, yeah, actually, it's on yeah. my website, uh, markpinnock.com, um, which shows some great pictures and movies of all of the, the seven. Um, so yeah, uh, I've, I've got great memories now, and, and and it's really nice to be asked about it. And, and, and would you go? Would you do it, it again? What are you doing at lunchtime? I'd go. I'd go. I'd go North Face. I've done. I've, yeah. I've been South. Um, I was fifty when I did did the South. And right. I, I know I don't look even look fifty now. But no. um, <laughs> I think in a couple of years' time, maybe when I'm Give sixty, I'll, I'll go up the North side. Is that the harder side? It's harder because it's steeper. It's also harder because you have to go through China and then right. through in Tibet. I've 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 been on Choi Yu, which is in the north. Um, the logistics through China and Tibet is is a lot more challenging. The mountain's steeper, so there's less camps. So it's a uh, harder, faster summit down it's an expensive hobby isn't it i mean i think i remember from the talk what 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 did it what's it cost to go up everest everest alone at the time we're talking seven years ago now was cost me about thirty five thousand pounds the figure now is around 50 and that's that's door to door and there's no refunds if you don't get to the top. No, I'm guessing you pay again. You pay again. You got which to is go a again. big motivation to get to the top. <laughs> first time. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> fun, I'm going. Funny enough, I got to all, all seven at the first attempt. <laughs> Tight get. <laughs> so let's talk about that. What made you evolve on to then thinking actually? Do you know what? I mean, once you've climbed Everest, where would you go from now? You then decided to do the highest mountain on every continent. Yeah. No, I mean, the journey from Kilimanjaro to Everest um, and the plan and the strategy took me to Alaska. Um, um, McKinley, and took me to Aconcagua in Argentina, Everest being the fourth fourth of the, the seven. I mean, right. without 
I'd heard of the seven in the mountaineering circles as you climb, people talk about climbing the seven summits. And there's, I think generally there's only about 350, 360 people have ever done it, whether it takes them four times or, wow. or not. Um, so I'd heard about it. And, and once, once I climbed Everest, I was doing a talk in France, actually. I, I was living in the Alps and um, I was doing a talk in France. And one of the guys there said, well, you've, you've climbed four of the seven. Um, why don't you do the other three? So... That was uh, late November 2011, once I got back from Everest, and um, 2012, I climbed the other three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I bet you regret that conversation, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. so, so pretty, challenge. pretty much one after the other, I climbed Elbrus, which is in Europe, which is the highest in Europe, 5,600 metres, which most people think the highest in Europe, especially the French, is, is, is Mont Blanc, but it's right. not. I uh, went from there to Indonesia, West Papua, uh, through the jungle, three weeks in the jungle to climb a rock, 4,800 metres. And I flew almost directly from there back in the UK out to the Antarctic and climbed Mount Vincent uh, in December 2012. And that was the seven done. What, what was that last one like? Because in, in, there's not a lot around in Antarctic. No, it's Antarctica, not. I mean, it's, it's just, it, for me, it was the most beautiful was it? place in the world. I and mean, when you fly out over over terrain that you know no one has ever walked yes. on. Mm, yeah. um, and that's quite special to think of that. And, uh, and yeah, that, that must have been a bit chilly. It was It was the coldest. I'd been cold on mountains before. McKinley in Alaska was pretty cold. At one point we were out and we were going, going for, for summit, I think, three of us. And um, Normally when you're climbing, you, f- you can feel your fingers and toes because you're moving, and, and, and I couldn't, and I stopped and I turned to, to, to the American guy, Martin. In fact, his name was I was, I was with, and, and he was having the same right. no, 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 no feeling <laughs> sensation, and we looked at the, 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 the temp gauge, and we were down at minus 67, so we decided wow, at that point that, that is, was, that yeah. was chilly. Yeah, uh, put your coat head, on. Head, put, your coat, <laughs> put your coat on, head back to camp, and we were stuck, a storm came in, we were stuck in a tent at 4,000 metres for three days. Did you ever think, was any of these climbs you thought, actually, this is the end of me? No. You, no? No. Never never the end. It was always, I mean, it's, it's like anything, you stand at the bottom, you don't stand at the bottom and think, I might climb this, you stand at the bottom and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the top mm. and I'm coming down again. Right. And that's, that's always got mindset. to be, it's yeah. always got to be your mindset. Recently, last December, I, I climbed in New Zealand. We were going to see some friends and I, I'd always wanted to climb Mount Cook, which, uh, although only 3,600 metres, is, is known to be quite dangerous. Um, I should have probably trained more than than going up and down Ben Nevis a couple of times <laughs> um, before I went. Um, but that that was I, I came close on on that trip really? um, and and was glad to get down. <laughs> um, so when but, I go back uh, climbing again, preparation. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't, it, you clearly are a very driven person, Mark. I mean, what what are you doing now? I mean, you, obviously you're clearly not climbing mountains, but you're back you're back in the UK. Yeah. You're in business again now. You 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 sold it previously, didn't you? And you spent all your money going up Everest and then you're coming back in and uh, you're working again. Yeah, no, I sold out in two thousand and ten as I said, went and lived in the Alps to train for Everest. Initially for six months that turned into three and a half years three and a half years of flying around the world climbing mountains and enjoying yourself I, said, I spent 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 a few quid and when you've not got any any coming <laughs> in um so 2013 late i decided to to get back in I, I need to i need to earn some money again so i got back in through some some business associates of mine i've now got in in the turnaround game um, right. last couple of years um one of the biggest i mean I've, i'm involved with three companies now some i invest in some i i just do the actual donkey work turn yeah. them around so Shropody, which is um podiatry led uh, comfortable shoes orthotics uh, picked that up two years ago um, it, lo- it was losing a million pound a year and had done for nearly 10 years right taken 
just over 18 months, two years to turn it around. We're now making a profit. Right. And now I'm looking, I'm out there looking for in some investment to grow. Right. Um, it's a really quite unique. It's the biggest independent podiatrist in the UK. A real quite exciting business. I've got a great team around me. How big uh, is it? What, what? We're turning over about 15 million, right, okay, um, so 45 yeah. stores around the UK. Uh, needs, to, needs to get back up into 55, 60 stores. That's the plan for growth in the next three years. We need some refurbishment, need some investment, um, just want to take it forward and uh, and then think think about an exit plan in two or three years' time. And you're still are you doing your motivational speaking like, like where we met? I mean, is that still part of what you do? I, I do. I do more for schools now, yeah. and, uh, which uh, schools and, and charities, which I don't charge for. It's more about... Um, you know, getting getting mm-hmm. kids off off, the, off their backsides, hang on, hang on. if you're you like. Not, you're not charging us for this, are you? Should have got that. Yeah, you've got the invoice start, yet. <laughs> you've not got the invoice yet. So, so uh, if anybody wants you to book you, yeah. I mean, wh- wh- where would they go to? If, if you go to my website, it's quite simple. It's markpinnock.com. Right. Um, there's an email address on there. Just, it's same. It's mark at markpinnock.com. Just uh, drop me a line. Um, happy to come along. Well, you've got uh, you've got an interesting story to tell. Definitely. I think. Um, and I'm th- seriously thinking of giving Primrose Hill another crack after this Good man. today. I think I might try and do that up and down in one day. I think I've still, still got with a lot of confidence. I think I've there, still Mark. got my oxygen. Yeah, give yeah. From, well, maybe from, you can be maybe you so can be my team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got some ropes. You can carry me back. I'll down. carry stuff down. Like, I'll, Listen, I'll carry Mark, you all the time, that, anyways. That was really interesting. I mean, that was, and you can relate a lot of the climate experience, presumably, back into business. And that was the thing I wanted to get across today: is that yeah, you know, they're not exclusive; they're mutual, aren't they? Definitely, without a doubt. Good. What's your football team, Mark? Have you got time for football? Uh, used to be West Ham, but you know, oh, what's going on there? Well, as a, as, a, as a young boy growing up down in South End, the nearest first division club, as it was, was West Ham. I used to get on a train, go and stand on the terraces at 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, you could do that back then. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, when we still had the bowling ground, I had season tickets. The last few years have been, a, yeah, I was away. I lived in France for a few years. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I go now and again, but I'm not, uh, you know. You're fan of the new ground? Uh, not not my favourite. I've been no. been a couple of times. Uh, I, I think it will take a while to get used to. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, Mark, thank you very much for your time. It was a really, really useful yeah, and fascinating insight into uh, into basically business and you know uh, achieving something that very very few people have achieved in life. So well done um, to, to you for doing that, Stu. That is episode sixteen in the can, as radio DJ say. Indeed, indeed, it is. Um, Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And if you'd like to send us through some questions for a future broadcast or you'd like to suggest a particular guest that you'd like to hear on the show, please let us know through our Twitter feed, which is at The LM Experience. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to use your suggestion in a future show. Brilliant. Stu, thank you for your time. Mark, thank you for your time. Hope you manage those stairs on the way down, OK? Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Good stuff. Cheers. All right, thanks, Mark. Cheers. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party, and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. Listener.